Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Schedule, but before we do, Eric, you have more listener feedback for we us. We do have more listener feedback, and it is in the category, once again, of the question, what would you do with a live elephant? I so love it. here wow. we go. This I is love this it. is brought this is brought uh Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think your sound effect backfired there, bud. <laughs> that was really funny. That was amazing. I'm Spider Man. Do you want to try it again? Okay. I don't know if I do want to try it again. So, I mean, I like all right, Spider Man. True, true confessions. So I normally have my iPad in the podcast studio with the sound effects <laughs> panel. I forgot it today. So I'm running the sound effects off of my phone. And on my phone, it has ads. So when I went to hit the sound effect <laughs> for... At least it was only I, I'm Spider-Man. When I went to hit the sound effect for listener feedback, an ad popped up. I think it's a TikTok video. It's an ad. And there's a dude standing on the top. He's. I'm looking at it right now on my phone screen. It's a teenager standing on top of a bookshelf in his room getting ready to jump saying, I'm Spider-Man. So I... I mean, that could be our intro for that. That's fine. Okay, that works. So, <laughs> listener feedback. <laughs> okay, so several episodes ago, Nikki asked us the question, what would you do with a live elephant? And we asked for listener feedback. Email us in your answers to what you would do with a live elephant. And here is another response. Interestingly enough, it starts off, hi, Nikki. <laughs> not, hey, Nikki, Clayton, and Eric. Not, hey, podcasters. Not, hey, Bible Savvy Podcast. Just me. Hey, Nikki. Love your questions. You make reading the Bible fun. You, Nikki. Aww. Not Clayton. What? Wow. Not me. <laughs> you, Nikki. Thanks for that. Don't let Eric steal your joy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't let Eric. And then I was like, I was going after. I realized it was. <laughs> don't let Eric steal your joy. You, you, Eric, you do, you do sometimes say, I don't know about that question. Although, I but do. you mean it. You mean it I, in a fun way. Yes. Yes. Although, although I, he 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 is a guy with the sound effects, so we'll yeah. give him some credit for bringing some mm -hmm. some joy, some levity here. Don't let Eric steal your joy. <laughs> I'll have to go home and pray that one through. <laughs> okay, and then it goes on to say the elephant trainer Mahout spends his life with the elephant. I don't know. So he sent us pictures of this. I don't know if Mahout is the guy's name or is like I think Mahout that might be the, the name title of an elephant, elephant trainer. Elephant trainer. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So the elephant trainer called a Mahout spends his life with the elephant. One elephant, one Mahout. Mm. Very That's interesting. Pretty, that is really interesting. And this will actually connect to the text that we're studying today. Um, so thank you, David, for that listener feedback. And Did you also notice that he included a picture of it painting, like the elephant yes. painting a picture? That, elephant, was that was your thing. That was my thing. That That's was your what thing. I would elephant say. That's what I would, I would have an elephant do. Oh, yeah. That was what you would do with a live elephant. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so this, this ends with, may I recommend that you study that relationship? And I would say, David, you can recommend it, but I'll tell you what I'm doing after we record this podcast. I'm going home to watch a hockey game. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> hockey. All right. <laughs> okay, Clayton's comma guy. David, don't let Eric steal your joy. Yeah, there we go, David. Don't let Eric All steal right. your joy. Uh, that is that is the that is the thing right there. Like that's the bit. That's the that's the bit. Right. That's the the, the dismissive, mm -hmm. joking. The I don't know what other adjectives, but that is the thing. That's, 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 what is, you do that's, it all that's, in love. That's, that's right. That's what that's is going bit. on. That's in right. Here, yes. 
All right. So uh, today we are going to be in Luke chapter nine. We're going to be towards the end of the chapter. It's a long one. We're going to start in verse 57. Um, and I do want to point out before I have Eric read this, um, that it's, it's only five verses, Eric. So mm-hmm. I know over the last two years, I've made you read very long passages. So I'm trying to make up for it a, a little bit. A little bit here. Was that on purpose or did it just happen? It just happened. Okay. That's I, what I, I wish I wish I was that kind. <laughs> it is the law of averages kicking in. It, that's pretty much it. Um, but here's here's a little context. Um, so this is a passage that is about people wanting to follow Jesus. And we have seen this throughout the book of Luke. Uh, as Jesus has been going about his ministry, he is he he calls people and he says, Come follow me. And so there are other people as the kind of the crowd around Jesus gathers and his uh, ministry progresses, there are people who are saying, I'd like to follow Jesus. And so that's uh, where we're going to pick it up here in verse 57. Uh, Eric, you want to read it for us? As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. We're going to go to O in the comma method, which is observation. So we're going to look for things that we see, repeated words, uh, truths about God, things that strike us. So what do you guys see here? Uh, Lots of repeating words of follow, obviously, since, you know, it's about following Jesus. Um, But I I was thinking, um, like, when the first, when this guy who's walking along the road with Jesus, he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. It's like it's a very bold statement. And and I, I I think it's interesting that Jesus responds to him by saying it's it's almost as left it's almost as, as if like Jesus saying, Okay, okay, but just so you know, like I don't have like I don't have a place to lay my head. So if you come with me, then like we're just like we're like I you, you don't you don't really have a place. You're just out there and you're 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 spreading the gospel, you're following me, you're doing what you need to do. Like that's all that matters. Yeah, that, that if you're going to follow me, like the destination is we keep moving. Yeah. You know, like it's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. My overall impression or observation of the, of the whole text is it almost feels like Jesus is trying to talk them out of following him or at least pushing on the fact that they might say they want to follow him, but they may not understand fully what that means. What it means, yeah. Yeah. We, you hear the Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Like if you like, so we're in church ministry, right? So if someone comes and says, I'm ready to, I'm ready to do whatever God asks, I, you know, I, like sign me up. Like they're super enthusiastic. We usually jump on that. It's like, this is great. Like God must be moving in their life or whatever. Um, but we, for Jesus to say, but I want to know if you really mean what you think you mean, you know, like that, that, that in some ways the enthusiasm isn't enough. There's got to be some sober assessment uh, of, do you, do you know what you're actually asking for? Do you really want that? Yeah, so I wonder in verse 58 when he replies, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. I wonder if what he's chipping at is the notion that somehow following Jesus, being one of his guys is going to bring benefits to your life. Like Jesus, you're, you're the guy. And so, man, if I follow you, maybe I end up in the palace with you. 
Yeah. And maybe Jesus is undermining that whole way of thinking. Um, I am struck by Jesus's response to uh, the second two guys that come to him. They, they seem to suggest really reasonable things. Like, let me bury my father first. Like, uh, this is something, you know, it's a family responsibility. Uh, it, it probably was expected of, of a son in that culture. In fact, it probably was, uh, you know, part of the, like, honor your father and mother kind of, you know, obligation, right? Uh, or, um, you know, let me first go back and say goodbye to my family. Like, these seems, seem like, it's not like saying, hey, I really would just like to, you know, go, you know, sin for a little bit longer and then I'll turn. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I just like to close things out here appropriately and respectfully. And then Jesus really kind of pushes on that and says, no, if you really want to follow me, you won't do those things. What, what do you guys make of that? Cause it's, it's jarring when you read that. It is jarring. So I, I think no matter which category I put it in, it's still the same takeaway, but let me, let me put it in the two categories that I play with in my head. If I just go to the, the, the man that says, let, let me go bury my father first. Okay. It could either be, it could potentially be an excuse. Okay. So in other words, we don't know if the guy's father is actually dead, right? It could be, all right, hold on. I have an aging father. So let me just wait a few more years until my father passes away when I don't have any more home responsibilities caring for my elderly father. And so it could be a bit of an excuse, right? He's kind of putting off, like Jesus has come and follow me. And now I'm going to give you a reason why I can't even consider that for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like in the excuse category. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which in the second response, let me go back and say goodbye to my family could be the same thing. Like maybe, maybe the, the person is procrastinating, putting off the following of Jesus for some kind of justified reason, an excuse. The other one is like legitimately the guy's father has died and he wants to go back and bury him. Or this other person that says, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Earthly concerns, legitimate earthly concerns. And what Jesus might be saying here is, those are legitimate earthly concerns, but following me is about a a level higher. It's not just earth practical earthly concerns. It's about things more important than just burying a dead person. Your father's going to get buried. It sounds so crass, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right? There's going to be a funeral. He's going to get buried. Let someone else handle that. I'm calling you to something more important. Yeah. There might, there might even be, well, not might. I, I think Jesus knows he's being deliberately provocative here. Like he's, he wants to challenge their thinking because they might, they might have an assumption about what it means to follow Jesus that is, um, that puts it in a category that it doesn't belong in. It's a, the category of, um, religious enrichment or, um, you know, we, in, in our society, we might look at it as self-improvement. You know, I'll add a little of this because it kind of gives me some well-being or whatever. And Jesus is trying to push on their version of that and our version of that by saying, actually, what we're talking about, and we talked about this uh, some in the last episode, is is you're coming under my authority. If you really want to follow me. Like, what does it mean to follow? It means you're going someplace, but you're not leading the way. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to take you to the place and you're going to go where I lead you. So you're not, you're not really in charge of the direction here anymore. And so there's like a, do you realize that? Can I shock you into that? One elephant, one mahout. Oh. Yes. For yes. life. There it is. There it is. There it is. I see. I see. Uh, this metaphor here of uh, putting the hand to the plow and looking back. Um, 
I, it took me a second to think about that. Yeah, but, I was thinking about that too. So I, but then I realized it's, um, have you ever, have you ever been like mowing a lawn and, and like, if you, if you go in a straight line, like you look ahead, you go in a straight line, but if you, if you start looking around or like, if you've been driving and you see something on the side of the road, like there's something that you're like, Oh, what is that? And all of a sudden you're swerving out of the lane. Like the image of the person who is trying to plow their field in straight rows so they can, you know, plant their, their stuff in a, you know efficient way. Um, all of a sudden they're looking, looking back and they're, you know, they're, they're swerving all over the place. So it's using that metaphor, but to say like, that's what it's like when you say, I want to follow you, but I also kind of want to hold on to this too. It's like you're you're not you're not really following. You're going to start swerving around. Yeah. Every time yeah. I read this episode and I think about Jesus' conversation with these various people, I always and I don't know why I might do this, but I always envision in my mind like the guy that says, "Let me first go back and bury my father." I can see his head turning like yes. over his shoulder, like you're calling me forward, oh, yeah. and I want to go backwards. Or the guy that says, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus is calling him forward, but he wants to go back to his family. And then when it says anyone that puts his hand to the plow, which is, we all know this, you're pushing a plow, you're going forward Mm -hmm. and wants to go back, look back is not fit for the kingdom. So there's, there's something consistent about those three things in my head. I don't know if I just made those things up in my head or if it's intended in Luke's gospel. I mean, that, that word back is repeated. So it definitely, it definitely has that kind of motion of turning away from, from Jesus. Yeah. So when you look in the NIV study Bible footnotes, uh, using the verse that says anyone that puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom, it has you go to John chapter, Gospel of John chapter six, verse 66. And that verse says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So they were experiencing something and hearing some teaching of Jesus that caused a lot of them to turn back. And then the other place that it tells you to go is Philippians chapter three. So I'm I'm turning there right now in my study Bible. And... uh, 3.13? Yeah, brothers and sisters, this is Paul talking. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Yeah. Oh, I, pr- so, I press on towards the goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's the positive example. It's the saying, yeah. I, don't, I don't keep looking back at mm-hmm. that old thing. You know, I looked in the, on that uh, John 6, 66 passage, like the study notes said that Jesus had already made clear what discipleship meant, and many were not ready to receive life in that way, in the way that he, he taught. Like, maybe these guys weren't, like, Maybe that's that. That's referring to that. Like, let me go back and do that. I'm not. I'm not ready yet. I got. I got other things I need to do first. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's. I think it's. It feels intense in this scenario, but it's also really realistic. I. I think there are lots of people, who they hear the call of Jesus and they say there's something, appealing about that. Like I really want that. Like I get it. You know. Like there, 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 there's a sense of that would be good. And it's, it's not that they're highly rebellious. They're not saying, oh, oh man, how's this going to work? But there, is, there are other things that seem reasonable and important and so on that start to crowd things out. And they become the unintentional excuses to say, not all of my life is going to be moving forward with Jesus. Not all of my life is going to be under his leadership. And the, in some ways, that's almost more dangerous than the parts that say, oh, you know what, this this really like uh, obvious sin or wh- whatever you want to call it. You know, this this thing that's like, you know, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it. It's the 
the reasonable things, the good things, the respectable things uh, that tend to tend to make the plow move. It's the worship song that we sing, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. You know the the parable of the the seed in the soils. Oh uh, yeah. Right? Yep. And one of the one of the reasons that the seed might fall on soil but the seed not bear fruit and grow is the thorns. The thorns grow up, which is the concerns of this world. They're not necessarily evil things, but they're all the legitimate concerns of this earthly world that could choke out the kingdom of God from your life. Yeah, there, uh, C.S. Lewis, he, he's got this saying where he says, uh, when a love becomes a God, it becomes a demon. So what, what he's saying is that when something that is a legitimate thing you, that is good, like it's something worth loving and, and, and you know, appreciating, but if it gets to the level of this is so important, I couldn't give it up. This is so important, I've got to do what it says. I, I can't. I, th- this is a non-negotiable. It becomes a god. That's when it becomes a demon. It becomes the thing that that pulls you back. Not because it was bad, but because it got above its place. It didn't. It, it took uh, the rank above Jesus. You know what used to be in that place in my life? This would be like true confessions of Eric from his twenties. Sports used to be that for me. Mm. It used to, and and this is while I was pastoring. Okay, so in my 20s, as a full-time pastor, if there was a really good game on or uh, so, or like, I'm a tennis fan too. So breakfast at Wimbledon, like just the whole idea of like having some friends over and watching Wimbledon on a Sunday morning, like lots of people are doing that. It used to like, it used to feel like a sacrifice to me. Like I would like begrudgingly go to church and be like, but I could be home watching Hmm. or I could be home watching the football game. And over a period of time that has become less and my value of being at church or things of the kingdom of God have become greater. Uh, And so I can see how little, I mean, and it's come on sports on TV. Like that's a virtual nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but but it can become a something. We all have those things. That's, that's the, that's the thing about it in, in light of the kingdom, like, that may feel like an obvious, like, well, how big of a deal is it? But we we all have those things that when you suddenly see it in the light of Jesus, you realize, man, I made such a big deal out of my career or, you know, my kid's success or a relationship or whatever. Like, it felt big at the time, but you look at it in light of it. Jesus is saying, okay, that's a family relationship. Like, he, he went to the highest level saying, that's your dad. Like, that's a big deal. He's saying, this is even bigger. And that's... It's supposed to shock us, right? It's supposed to shock us. Um, let's move on to the M in comma. Let, let's do meditation, okay? I'm going to uh, read verse 62 again. I'm going to give you about 45 seconds. Meditation is just prayerfully pondering, uh, asking God's spirit to speak to you through this passage. And so I'm going to read this, give you 45 seconds. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God.
All right. Let's go on to the second M in comma, which is message. This is where we try to sum up what we've seen in uh, kind of a takeaway principle that we can apply. Mine would be don't confuse earthly things with kingdom of God things. Mine was similar. I said don't don't allow earthly concerns to take over my priority and my relationship with, with Jesus. I've got two. I can't decide which to do, so I'm going to do them both. Um, one of them is this. If the kingdom of God doesn't upend your priorities, you haven't taken it seriously. Mm. And the second one is we don't fit Jesus into our lives. We fit our lives into his kingdom. So that, that's what they were trying to do, right? They're trying to say, hey, here's my life. I got it contained. I'd like to follow Jesus, but I'd like to do it on my own terms and you know, fit it into my life where I've got these other things. Saying, no, we don't fit Jesus into our lives. We fit our lives into his kingdom. Do you guys remember? Sorry, this is a total tangent, but somewhat connected to what Clayton just said. Do you remember the old uh, Saturday Night Live uh, deep thoughts with Jack Handy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is this is old. But you know the whole phrase when people say inviting Jesus into your heart? Okay. <laughs> you just said, we don't invite Jesus into our life. Yeah. Well, how did you say it? Uh, we, we don't try to fit Jesus into our lives. Yeah, we put our lives in the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you remember the deep thought from Jack Handy on this? <laughs> I don't, but I, I'm anticipating it already. <laughs> some some people say that they invite Jesus into their heart. Well, I hope he likes burritos because that's what he's getting tonight. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I got I got I got to look it up right now. All right. <laughs> I, I might have, I might have butchered it, but. <laughs> In the meantime, while the he's meantime, looking that up. I'm like, I'm not sure I can go to application at this point. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh. oh, here it is. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. I just pulled it up. Okay. Hold on. It's on Twitter. It's on Twitter. I hate Twitter. Oh, it's on Twitter. That, that should tell me something. <laughs> if God dwells inside us, like some people say, I sure hope he likes enchiladas because that's what he's getting. <laughs> So now say your statement again. We don't invite Jesus into our lives. <laughs> we don't fit Jesus into our lives. We fit our lives into his kingdom. So I, I think he probably likes enchiladas. I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, Nikki's our, eyebrows just got really high in her forehead. <laughs> like she disapproves of the direction that this episode has gone. Like, this is what happens when we get towards the thinking, end of her recording. She's thinking, please, Clayton, you're the comma guy. Yeah, take back take over. Take the reins. Yeah, All right, so let's talk about application. That's the A and comma. This is where we say, how do we respond? What does it look like in our lives? Mine, mine is in the lane of your, was it a C.S. Lewis quote? When say the, say that quote again. Uh, when a love becomes a God, it becomes a demon. Yeah. So it's the, to take some inventory of the earthly concerns, the good things in my life, have any of them elevated to a place that they don't deserve? Yeah. I mean, my, like mine was essentially the, the same thing, but you said it a whole lot better than me. Um, I, I also think it's this idea of like, um, he says, he says in, in verse 60, he says, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And there's that, there's also this idea too of like, how, how much time do we actually spend furthering the gospel and like actually like sharing our faith with people um, than we do on our earthly goals and responsibilities. Like, there's, I feel like there's also that side of it too. Um, so, 
I don't know. I guess I guess mine would be both. It's just to take an assessment of of that, like earthly concerns, but then also like how much time am I spending worrying about what I do versus what what God would have me do. Yeah. Uh, the way is basically the same application, but the way I'm thinking about it is, um, I want to ask the question: Where am I saying no to something because it doesn't seem reasonable? Right? Like it, like. Like where are the where are the things that I say? Oh well, this is important. I got to make sure I do this or have that or whatever. Like, where's that causing me to say no? It's the turning back, you know, looking back from the the plow. Um, and so, asking that question: Are there things that I uh, ought to have done, but you know, uh, for practical reasons, uh, it just doesn't make sense to do it? And I've said no to those things. Well, all right. That's all that we have for you this week. Thanks for listening. Join us again next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. In the meantime, if you're not following along with the reading plan, you could check out BibleSavvy.com to download it to start reading along. You can also subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week. One elephant, one mahout for life.